a reading from St. Paul's second letter to St. Timothy, beginning in the third chapter and the tenth verse. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for proof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. The word of the Lord. Thanks, God. I greet you with the joy of the Lord on today. I greet you with the joy of the Lord on the day. Because we got a God who's omnipotent. We got a God who's omniscient. We got a God who's omnipresent. So why don't we praise the Lord on the day? I have come to praise and worship the Lord. You know, thank you, Dean Sweeney, for this opportunity. Out of all these people who have come through this place, you asked me. I'm grateful, thankful, and nervous. <laughs> But God, God is good all of the time, and not just some of the time. Yes, yes, yes. And I just want to also, to our professors, to my professors who was here when I was here, and some have gone on, and some who are about to go on also, um, I just thank you all for what you have instilled in me and uh, to each and every professor and staff and faculty and every administrator here, uh, I thank you for what you have done to help me through the years that I was here. And to all the ordained clergy and to the students, been there, done that, <laughs> prayed many a times, cried many a days, okay? But God, but God, remember, but God, amen. And especially to all of my members from St. James Avery Church. Good morning. Hallelujah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for not considering Robert to come and hear your pastor. You hear every Sunday, but you came out today. All the way from Good Morning. <laughs> and I thank each and every one of you and all my other sisters and brothers in Christ. And I thank you all for being here as well. Plus my husband. Thank you, my husband. Thank you, my sister, for being here. Thank you, my spiritual sister, for being here. Praise God for you. 
And thank you for another one of my members coming in the door now. Thank you, Brother Dean. <laughs> See that? Now you come on in here. Praise the Lord. You know, God's got a sense of humor. You talking about your microphone system is out? Every Sunday is a Zoom out for us? Every Sunday almost, okay? My Zoom is going out. So I feel right at home. Thank you, God. Let us pray. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, the ever you have formed the earth and the world. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. We worship you. We magnify you. We honor you and we adore you. We ask you now, Lord God, to let your Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide in this place right now. God, I pray now that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be accepted in thy sight, O oh Lord, for you are my rock and you are my redeemer. God, someone needs to know that you, that, that you are still on the throne. Someone needs to hear, Lord Jesus, a message right now, God, to encourage them to run on a little while longer, God. Let someone needs to know that you are still in charge, no matter what the situations look like, look to you. So, God, we're thanking you for what you're going to do, what you've already done, and what you will do for us in the future. For it's in your holy and righteous name we do pray with thanksgiving, God. Amen, amen, and amen. Our scriptures has been read to you on this morning, coming from 2 Timothy, the third chapter, looking at verses 10 through 17. And he read this morning in our English Standard Version of the Bible, which is the, the same translation that I will be using as well. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all, the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. This is the word of God for God's people. Thanks be to God. And we'd like to use for a subject on today, as you already know, still I rise. Have you ever been in a situation where you were unable to see your way out? Every way that you turned, you were faced with persons who brought you down with their looks, with their words. They're looking over you and looking down at you. Have you been in a situation where oh, no one wanted to hear anything that you had to say and they even turned their backs to you? Have you had people to stab you in your back while smiling in your face? How did you handle it? 
Can your soul look back and see how you got over? When we look at 2 Timothy, we find Paul in a bleak situation. He's in prison in Rome, awaiting death. This was probably during Paul's second Roman imprisonment shortly before his death. In this particular letter, Paul is encouraging his like a son in the ministry, his co-laborer in Christ, one of his closest friends, as we would say, his homeboys, to preserve in the faith in spite of the suffering, to, per to because of the persecutions and the trials and the tribulations that he goes through, you must go through it with the joy of the Lord. The reward for his endurance to the end would be much more glorious than the challenges that he would go through in this life. When we look at 2 Timothy uh, 3rd chapter verses 1 through 9, the verses preceding what we're going to talk about on the day, we have Paul describing false teachers, teachers who were greedy and self-centered. Paul gave a list of all of these vices that characterized this type of behavior. Listen to him, he said they were lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying his power. These selfish and toxic behaviors were descriptions of the false spiritual teachers, the ones whose conduct is contrary to what is expected of teachers and followers of God. Paul was telling Timothy that when he encountered such teachers of the church, he had to oppose them by standing firm in the truth that he had been taught and he had learned. Paul warns Timothy to be confident, be confident that you can confront these false teachers and, and don't listen to anything that they have to say. These false teachers, they teach, do as I say, but do not do as I do. Because their actions express truly what they really teach and believe. They have a form of godliness, but without the power. They sound like they are walking with God through their words, but their outward actions, they look different. They are being hypocrites, play acting, persons who say one thing but do something else. They act like they know God, but they deny the power of God to transform their lives. We got false teachers today. We got hypocrites today. We got play actors today. Paul is telling Timothy, I have given you what the Lord has given me, so do not allow these false teachers to influence you. Don't allow them to infiltrate the church of God. Paul told Timothy that he now knows how to identify these people, so you also know how to understand their actions. So now you can confront them. You can confront them with the truth so that you can correct the problem. But here we come to 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 17. Paul is contrasting the false teachers against his conduct as a faithful servant to God. Paul begins by telling Timothy in verse 10, you, however, Paul was telling Timothy, you are not like these false teachers. Paul encourages Timothy to be faithful to live out the ministry that he has been called to. Paul is telling Timothy that both your words and your actions, they got to be in sync. Paul 
Paul is presenting his conduct as an example of a faithful servant. God, Paul encourages Timothy to be strong in your faith, Timothy. He was using the word of God as his template for his behavior. Paul's life experiences were to be modeled so that Timothy could understand and he could emulate what he was seeing. In these verses, Paul was explaining that the life of a Christian was filled with many trials, filled with many troubles, filled with many tribulations, but he could, could endure them all. The false teachers were not willing to go through these afflictions, but Paul was telling Timothy that he had to, because that's what, the, that's what entails the Christian life. We don't just talk the talk, we also walk the walk. We are the Christ followers. We are the followers of the way, the truth, and the life. We are Jesus Christ followers. Paul is telling Timothy three things in these verses. He's telling him, telling him what he has endured. He's telling him how he has endured it. And he's telling him why he endured it. Well, Paul wanted Timothy to know that it was because of his endurance in his faith that he was able to rise up out and through the many challenges that he had encountered. And Timothy would be able to do the same. When you look at verses 10 and, and 11a, Paul gives Timothy a historical account of some of his past experiences. Some of the things that Timothy might have known about since he was from Lystra, but, but the three cities of Antioch, Iconia, and Lystra, they were mean to Paul. Paul had visited these churches, uh, 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 these cities during his first missionary journey. And, and this was prior to Timothy uh, joining him in his second missionary journey. Since Lystra was his hometown, he probably knew firsthand what had happened to Paul. Therefore, Paul told Timothy that he knew what he had taught. He knew how he had lived. He knew what was his purpose in life. That Timothy knew Paul's faith, his patience, his love, his endurance of persecution and suffering that he had received in Antioch, Iconia, and Lystra. Paul is recounting how he lived and taught as opposed to the false teachers who lived and taught in a totally different way because their aims were self-centered. They were making themselves to be bigger than who they really were. Paul's aim in life was to live a godly life that pleased God. And he was willing to endure anything so that he could preach the gospel and win others for the kingdom of God. Can you look back over your life on the day and see how your life has demonstrated your aim and your purpose? Is your aim for accolades and praises from people? Or is it to hear God say, well done, my good and faithful servant? Is your aim to live for yourself and gain the whole world but lose your soul? Is your aim to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? You know that all these other things are going to be added unto you. If you are trying to please God, you can handle your persecutions. You can't handle the attacks, the slanders, the sufferings, the trials, the troubles, the tribulations. God pleases look to God. And when they look to God, they receive the strength to endure and the direction, the satisfaction, and the affirmation to continue on the journey. 
God pleasers, they look to other mature Christians who have faced some dark days, who have faced some dark nights. Because of their faith, they have stood confidently because they knew that God was able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that they could ask for and imagine. They know that if God had done it for others, ah, he could do it for them. Paul tells Timothy that he has taught. He's conducted his life and he had the aim in his life, his faith, his patience, his love, his steadfastness, his, his persecutions and sufferings. They were all the result of his life in Jesus Christ. Paul knew that even though he adhered to God, he knew that every persecution and suffering that he had encountered was because of his acceptance of Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. My sisters and brothers, we may be attacked, we may be persecuted, but not in the same manner as Paul, but you can't expect your road to be filled with many potholes along the way. You got your potholes of slander. You got your potholes of jealousy. You got your potholes of envy. You got your potholes of negativism. You got your potholes of non-cooperation, potholes of ridicule. You may not be physically attacked, but you may. But you will be attacked by words and insults to try to prevent you from doing what God has called you to do. We gotta endure these light, momentary afflictions. We follow Jesus, we will have him. When we have been chosen by God and when we accept our calling, our aim in life will be like Paul's to be both convicted and committed. He was convicted and he was committed to God through faith in his son, Jesus the Christ. The false teachers were only convicted, but they were not committed to doing what God had called them to do. Paul was able to endure his persecutions and sufferings because when you look at verses 11b and 13, you see, it says that we see that the Lord rescued him. <laughs> That's good news. The Lord rescued him. What you going through now? The Lord will rescue you. Not only did God rescue Paul, but God will rescue all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. Paul was saved through the persecutions. Paul experienced harm in Lystra when he was thrown and left for dead. Yes, the weapon was formed, but it did not prosper because the Lord preserved Paul from death at that time because God still had work for Paul to do. God still had to let Paul know that he had to remain faithful even while enduring suffering. Paul could be confident of ultimate well-being because even if death did occur, and we know it did, and we know it will with us as well, God will bring us safely into his heavenly kingdom. Luke 21, 16 to 19 says, Jesus telling his disciples, you will be delivered up. Even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of you they were put to death. You will be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. That is shouting words on the day. That's a good news word. I will see heaven later, but I gotta endure my persecutions here on earth now. But if I endure it to the end, we, I, I, I'm going to 
gain eternal life in heaven. Yes, we too will be rescued, but only if we are living in the godly life in Christ Jesus, following his commandments of God and walking in his ways. Yes, we will be harassed or even verbally attacked, but those who do not desire to know God, who don't want to live a righteous life, they're going to go doing from going from doing bad things and then they still may prosper. But when we look again for them, we'll see it going from bad to worse. They're making progress, but it's in the direction of the worst. But God's people, still we rise. So you may be asking me, why did Paul endure the persecutions? He tells us in verses 14 and 17, he said it was because of the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Paul reminded Timothy that he was well equipped to handle the situation because he had been taught first by his grandmother Lois and also by his mother Eunice, the sacred writings, the scriptures. But now Paul himself, he was going to teach them scriptures, but he was going to do it through the experiences that he had gone through in his life. All scripture refers to the Old Testament, but by implication also to the New Testament writings, which some had been written by this time. God's written word can lead us to the knowledge of the truth as well as having the power to bring us to faith in order to save us. God's word. You got some power and you got some authority because it all comes from God. It is God breathed. It is the writings themselves that were inspired by God himself. Paul is speaking specifically to Timothy, but generally he's talking to all believers. You got to be prepared to continue this work that Paul had done. We got to work that all the generations of preachers and evangelists and ministers of the gospel can move forward in Christ. We got to continue because God's breathed out word. All of his scripture has got authority and has got power because of this origin, and therefore it is beneficial in every way to equip all of us for all the good work that we are going to do. God's word, the good work to deliver us through and from the struggles caused by persecutions and sufferings, thus ultimately leading us to right living. Because the battle is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. Stand still and see his salvation. Standing still doesn't mean that you don't do nothing. But you're going to focus upon God. You're going to obey God. You're going to listen to God. You're going to walk in the things of God. And God is going to give you the wisdom. He's going to give you the knowledge. He's going to give you the understanding to do what is needed at the right time through his written word. God's word may bring salvation through faith and what his son Jesus did on that cross over 2,000 years ago. When Jesus was sentenced to death, that's the most horrendous criminal that there ever had been. But in spite of his healing the sick, in spite of him saving the lost, in spite of him raising the dead, in spite of him doing all of this, he was considered to be dangerous. He was killed because he was a threat 
to the people, a threat to the king, a threat to the nation. Jesus was beaten, he was flogged, and he was crucified. He was dead, he was buried in a ball or two where he stayed for three days, but early on that third day he got up with all power. He arose. Yes, Jesus rose, and now all believers are who are in Christ. When we die, we're going to rise and swim. But still, as we're living in this world, we can still rise. I can hear with my spiritual ears Paul telling Timothy and telling us today also. He said, in this world, when you're walking the journey that God has called you to walk, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to suffer. But the good news is that when we, we, that, that we can endure and we can stand firm in the difficult times only because we got God's word. Jesus told us in John 16, 33, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It is not easy to stand firm in the midst of persecution, but we got the Holy Spirit to help us hold on to our faith and hold on to our holy living by confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. By believing in your heart that he was raised from the dead, then that means you will be saved and you want to receive the Holy Spirit, which is going to seal you right now. He's going to be your comforter. He's going to be your counselor. He's going to be your advocate, your helper. By obeying the Bible, we can remain strong even in times of persecution. We can be rescued. We can still rise up. When cancer strikes, yes, you can rise up. When homelessness strikes, yes, you can rise up. When death strikes, yes, you can rise up. When unemployment strikes, yes, you can rise up. When divorce strikes, yes, you can rise up. When racism, sexism, oppression, hardship, conflict, and injustice comes knocking at your door, still I will rise. You know my answer the first female black doc director, an editor, an essayist, a playwright, and a poet. She wrote in her poem, Still I Rise, how she can overcome anything through her self-esteem. She shows how nothing can get her down. She will rise to any occasion and nothing, not even the color of her skin is gonna hold her back. Listen to what she said. She said, you may write me down in history, with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you possessed with gloom? Cause I walk like I've got all whales pumping in my living room. Just like moons and the suns with the certainty of tides, just like hope springing high, still I'll rise. Did you want to see me broken? Bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries. Does my holiness offend you? Don't you take it awfully hard? Cause I laugh like I've got gold mines digging in my own backyard. You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness, but still, like air, I'll rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise that I dance like I got 
the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past that's rooted in pain, I rise. On the black ocean, leaping and wide, welling and swelling, I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak that's wondrous and clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise. I rise. I rise. Yeah, that's all good, Maya. It's good to be able, as an African-American, to say that we can rise above the sticks and the stones that are thrown our way. In adversities, we can still maintain peace and rise above. In mistakes, we can still maintain peace and rise above. In adverse circumstances, we can still maintain peace and rise above. But what does God's word say? Does God's word tell me that still I can rise? Well, there is a word from the Lord because our anchor is in the word of the Lord. That word that he breathed out. God's word encourages us and equips us in the challenges that we will face. We can find strength and wisdom in the word of God. Look at Isaiah 53, 1 through 12. He prophesies about our Messiah that he was going to be despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and as one from whom men hid their faces. And he was despised and we esteemed him not. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was a chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before his shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Jesus suffered. Jesus bled. Jesus died for us. He was buried in sorrow too. But three days later he arose and now he lives in the heavenless making intercessions for you and for me. Paul talks about his journey for the Lord to believe us in at Corinth. He says this, he said, we are afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Still I rise, and to the Roman church, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Paul encourages us once again when he wrote, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. But what about Peter? <laughs> Come on, Peter. What do you say? Peter reminds us, he says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you. As though something strange was happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Still arise. As a child of God, don't doubt God's goodness just because you are in a difficult spot. Expect God to show up and to show up me. And even if he doesn't rescue you, 
Even if he doesn't deliver you out, even if you have to go through, he said he'd never leave you nor forsake you. He said that he was going to rescue you. He said he's going to deliver you out. He will never leave you. No matter what giants, no matter what fiery furnaces that you are facing in your life, we can sing that song that says, Rubber don't last always. No, 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 trouble don't last always. Charles Spurgeon, in, 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 in his devotional morning and evening, he said it like this. He said, great hearts can only be made by great troubles. We're going to have some troubles in this life. When you're following Christ, you're going to have some troubles. We just got to keep holding on to God's unchanging hand. We will still rise out of darkness into his marvelous light. We will still still be in the face of hate sometimes, in the face of conflict sometimes. We will still rise in the face of hardship, but we can still rise. I can rise. You can rise. All of God's children can rise.